Listen, I want you to hear what it sounds like when I sip coffee. Now, if that doesn't sound like good morning radio, I don't know what does. Twelve eighteen p.m. in the morning. <laughs> uh, My name's Kel. I'm Pat, and uh, this is virtually grownups. We are virtually grownups. Virtually, virtually, yes. Um, not exactly sure uh, what that means, uh, yeah. but as far as what were you saying, the government is concerned. Yeah, basically, uh, we're above eighteen, so you know, we can basically, you know, be tried as adults. You know what I mean? Grown-ups. And we don't have to listen to other adults. Dude, that is like the best part. I love it when I'm at work and somebody's like, well, hey, man, you want to go do this for me? He's like, nope. No, really don't want to. Well, well, I need you to go do this. <laughs> do bad. I'm a grown-ass man. And the only, well, you have to listen to your boss you well, know, because they pay you. Well, I mean, half. Half is, a, you know, very, I mean... Half, you really don't like have to part of a whole like half no no like h-a-v-e like oh, you have, have have to do you know have but like, you're gonna be like tearing it was like is it salmon solomon solomon's wishes i don't know is salmon salmon she gets mad at me how do you say the fish do you say salmon salmon anyways anyways i'm sorry for all y'all that don't know uh Tamara is my wife, my bride. I can't say bride to be anymore. Yeah, why would you? you know, I, I don't it's know. Bride to be. Well, you know, it's they like they already got married. We've been engaged. We, I was. I've been engaged longer than I w- I've been married. So you know, yeah. It's so old let's habits. keep it that way. Ah, whoa! <laughs> well, you know what? I've known Tamara for years. Tamara's a great lady. I like. I, th- I think she's cool. You know. Do you think she would appreciate being spoken of on a podcast? Does she have a choice? I guess we'll find. I out. mean, this kind of goes back to you know being grown up. <laughs> let's, <just be>, let's, <laughs> let's just be honest with each other. Does she have a choice? <laughs> Not really. She has a choice. She, she has a choice, but uh, yeah. I mean, I guess she could just like you know once she starts hearing me like talk about her, you know, start beating me up every time I get home. But let's not talk about choices. I don't want to offend anybody who might not might not be pro-choice or pro- Oh, I see what you're doing. <laughs> I didn't even get it. But let's not get into that. Right. Because I'm just not into that. So, uh, what are your recent uh, doings? What, what did you do yesterday? What did I do yesterday? I worked my D into the ground yesterday. How I, so? Please well, elaborate. Well, I tell you what. Uh, I'm on a nice little job. It's treating me fine. And I typically work four days a week, 10 hours a day, but I happened to look out and get on a job where the contractor's like, hey, we're going to give you this blank check. Just be here five days a week. So I get a little, you know, 10 hours of double time every week. Blank check. Blank check. Like they give you a blank check. They sign it or is it completely blank? That's a, that's a metaphor. That's I'm, I'm speaking metaphorically. Oh, like, I'm gonna say because if they sign it and leave the amount, <laughs> blank, I've, I, that's I, good. But I, if I it's mean, just a blank check, then I mean you could actually get in a lot of trouble for trying to use it. Well, no, I, I I use that metaphorically in the sense that they told us we want you here 50 hours a week. Okay. We're gonna pay the cost. You just work that until the job is done. When's the job done? As soon as we finish. 
Hmm. <laughs> so it's almost exactly like every other job ever. Basically. Okay. Except these guys want to give us more money to do that job. So we're like loving it. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. You know, I, I, like I said, uh, da, 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 I'm pooping it. What does that even mean? Well, I started to say, you know, like the little thing for oh, McDonald's, yeah. but I was like, I don't know. I don't want them to sue me. No. Yeah, they're going <laughs> to. That's the first thing. As soon as the podcast gets posted, somebody, the CEO for McDonald's. <laughs> is the CEO for McDonald's Ronald McDonald? <laughs> Ronald McDonald is going to hear our podcast, uh, and he is going to shit a brick. <laughs> and he kind of like what you do after you eat their food. Um, and he is going to contact us and our people. We're getting with their people. Yeah. Our, yeah. Because we don't have time for that. We've got a podcast going. Yeah. Um, and I guess they're, they're going to deal with us accordingly. Yeah. They are a multi-million dollar corporation. I don't think we stand a chance. Um, I don't know, man. What about, um, I mean, there's gotta be some kind of, you know, lawyers, you know, some maverick out there that'd be willing to take a case for, you know, a couple of good old boys, you know what I mean? <laughs> right? Yeah, speaking of good old boys getting lawyers, it looks like uh, good old boys from Dukes of Hazard might need somebody to back them up on maybe getting their car back on TV. hey <laughs> why don't we just steer clear of that one? <laughs> okay. All right, well, let's get into our first segment. All right, so we're on to a segment called... Ask Patty Cakes. Uh, this is where we take emails that our listeners have sent us. Uh-huh. Uh, and we go ahead and ask Pat, who is an expert on damn near anything you can think of. Uh, we ask him the answer to the question. And he gives us to the, what would you say, the best of your knowledge? Think- Basically, you know, I, I'm, I'm not too proud to sit there and say, you know, whenever I get stumped on something, oh, you know, hey, I ain't gonna lie to you. I I really don't know much about that, but I'll let you know, and I'll answer everything the best I can, and I'll typically try to do a little research of my own before I come in here and just start spewing off BS to you. All right, so the first question, um, if you own a piece of land. Right, right. Land ownership rights. You've bought it. And yeah. Let's just get some of the uh, semantics out of the way before we start this, because I don't want to get too confusing here. Okay. Let's say you've bought this land. And all you're doing is paying taxes on it now. You've bought the land. So you're not paying it off or doing anything crazy. You have paid for the land. It is yours. You right. don't owe anything. Okay. That. that makes sense. So you own this piece of land. Okay. And let's say you want to do some digging or you want to build an underground secret base, uh, some kind of fort that you can hold up in if the nuclear holocaust happens, something like that. So do you own the land, the dirt, the earth underneath your land? And how far down do you own it? Do you own it to the center of the earth? Well, that you'd be surprised how often this uh, this kind of debate gets brought up. There's actually many uh, lawsuits that you can go through uh, in uh, in history where this has been a, quite the focal pit point over land ownership rights. I mean, I'm sure many people that have ever you know talked about uh, you know. Uh, any knows anybody that has any interest or stakes in oil wells knows something about you know mineral rights you know this is all coming back you know from hundreds of years ago where people were sitting there trying to get after the uh, the resources underneath them and you know well the there's governments in place that basically said no well you only have the right to live here everything anything valuable that comes from underneath the, you know this area that you're uh, inhabiting on top. You know that's ours. You know you're we're, you're just basically paying rent to live here on top of the land. 
And so uh, in 1752, there's a lawsuit between Fergie and Monroe where, you know, they sued the French government. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. Fergie versus Monroe. Yeah. These aren't things you're just making up. This isn't like a singer and it's just <clears throat> a couple women singers. Not, no, fool. No, this is real life history. Like shaping the fundamentals of our legal system and rights as landowners as we know it. I mean, this is real life, dude. You can go look this up. Google it, Bing it, you know, Yahoo it. Go ask your granddad, grandma, I don't know. Just, you ain't got to believe me. I don't care, but look at it. I mean, you ain't got to believe the truth, but it's the truth. You own, if you bought an onion... It would be like buying an onion, but all you own is the skin of the onion? Yes. You, the little flaky stuff that comes off the top of the onion, that's all you're getting. That's what you're you you, you you're not getting nothing else. You're you can't just, do nothing with you it. Can stand, you're, well, you can stand and live on it, you know? Well, I mean... I could not stand to live on it. Well, you know, that's but that's how that's what they were saying. That's what, and he was like, no, this is, this is, this is unacceptable. You know, I've paid, you know, my life savings for this. This land is mine. What is land? You know, what is the definition of land? Anything that you can land on. So if you can't <laughs> land on what's under the ground, then it's not your land. If you dig it up, then... That's Earth. Once you get underneath the land, that's Earth. <laughs> so, it, I mean, that's that was essentially the first, you know, mineral rights uh, lawsuit and where a lot of uh, legislation nowadays has come from. So what other things would you have... I know I said, like, digging a bomb shelter or digging a fort. That would be fun. Um, but what else, what is underground that would be desirable to people under their land that they might find that they would need to claim ownership to? Well, I mean, besides the obvious, is like, oh, I'm going to strike oil or, oh, you know. I'm going to strike coal. Because when that coal. coal comes sputtering, shooting out of the ground. <laughs> no, no, but uh, there's been, uh, not many people know this, but. Diamonds are forged by, you know, carbon being compressed and heated, right? Right? How long does that take? Oh, it takes millions of years. All the all the diamonds we have here were made millions of years ago. Okay. Okay. So anyways, the reason they're so valuable is that it's taken the, the, the amount of diamonds that we have here at a level in the crust that we can actually penetrate and get into is so finite you know they're they're rare it drives the prices up they're desirable but they're rare but in actuality diamonds you know in an earthly realm are quite common you get deep enough and there's mountain sized diamonds that we could extract that you could sit there dig down crack open and if you're the only one that's doing it well, you've got a landmine worth of diamonds, but you can still sit there and sell at the same market and control the market, man. I mean, you just you just put the market in a chokehold, dude. What is a landmine you... worth of diamonds? <laughs> a landmine worth it's of diamonds? It's like it explodes and there's diamonds everywhere. <laughs> Basically, you step on it and there's there's diamonds all over the place. Basically, man. I mean, I mean, you you, you said that you like that little phrase there. Yeah. It was coined by Edward McFrank. Back in 1852. Man, you were just quite the history buff, man. Well, I'm, I, I don't like to think of myself as a history buff. as just a buff in general. Okay. Essentially, that's where they started going with this whole uh, lawsuit. They said that, well, um, I own this land. I own the land underneath it. And it's basically to the stretch that whatever I can reach to, 
underneath my land is mine. In today's science, you know, we have a little bit more understanding of, you know, the Earth's shape and how it's composed. And so, you know, you obviously can't take a straight, uh, you know, if you bought a square piece of land, you can't just take carve out a whole square section of Earth. It has to be in a, in a from that square and funnels down into like a more conical shape till it reaches the center of Earth. And that's where your boundary Stops. So that's where the phrase "my piece of the pie" comes from. It's a wedge. Exactly. You're exactly Man. right. You're spot on. Dang, dude. You're spot on. I it's, thought I was just making that up. No, no. That that is exactly where it comes from. You know, it's like uh, a lot of these phrases that we use today. You know, have been around for decades and hu- even hundreds of years, and don't even know where it, where it came from. It's like you know, it's like you know. Uh, the brass ring, you know, it's like, you know, you got to reach out for the brass ring. What well, we all know what that means. We understand the connotation of it, but what the heck does that even mean? Well, back in the day, you had the little carousel spun around and they had this freaking brass ring that you would reach out and try to grab it. But all around it were freaking like knives and they had people sitting there shooting arrows around it. And, you know, if you, you try to get up there, but you had to time it just right or you might catch an arrow to the knee or something. You know what I mean? It was like real deal. But that was the golden prize, you know, because brass used to be at this point in time when they used to do this was, I mean, it was more valuable than gold. And people were digging it up on their land and their property and fighting over it because they didn't know who owned the brass. Exactly. Now, when you dig brass up, does it come in ring form? No, actually, surprisingly enough, it comes up in uh, cubes. 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 Like perfect cubes, or I mean, are they? Yes, perfect? it's 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 a uh, it's almost it's a geo it's a geological miracle. Some people say because so it naturally forms cubes. Naturally forms, and the heck of it is, is ninety eight point something three percent of them come out, and within say like you know ten micrometers, you know, perfect cubes it's it's quite miraculous to be honest it's one of the you know mother nature's miracles so you know just to wrap things up on that question because we do have more than one question okay if you we're going to do full circle here if you um find a brass cube uh buried in your yard uh and you own that land you're not renting it you own it yeah um then you get to keep that brass cube that's your brass cube that is my cube one day you can turn it into a ring and then maybe one day you'll actually be able to reach out and grab it Exactly. And that's the that's the meaning of life. Okay, so the next question uh, comes from Rebecca Waters. Uh, she's asking us from all the way in Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota. <laughs> Rebecca wants to know um, how come... I'm not going to do the voice. Okay. Um, how come your toaster has settings on it that clearly take your toast uh, way past burnt? Like, you can... <laughs> I mean, it just chars it. It turns it into uh, like a rye crouton right. in the toaster. Why do toasters have that setting? Why don't toasters just cut out the complaints? It feels like it would be a better... And I'm adding to her question, really. It's, right. it's a one-sentence well, question. Well, no, no, yeah, I understand. But it's kind of like, yeah, we've we've all struggled with this where you sit there, you try to make the toast, and you put it in there and... You Come back later while you're cooking your eggs and you've got two pieces of solid black, you know, what used to be bread. Right. And it just seems like it would be better for marketing if you don't give somebody the option to burn their toast. You just make, you just like, here's a toaster. It makes perfect toast every time, Because my toaster goes up to like eight. What if Uh, they just made toasters that go up to six or five? Well, <laughs> well, I don't think the numbers necessarily mean as much as much as how they, you know, why are they reestad in the toaster? But uh, to answer your question is, uh, little known secret, a lot of these companies that are making these toasters, 
you know, GE and such are worldwide, you know. They don't sell toasters in America only. They're selling toasters across the world. You don't say. Yeah, I, I swear it's true. Google that Prove shit, it. being that shit, you know, freaking go ask your great-grandmother, ask her brother, you know. It's, this is real life, okay? It's the truth. Now, uh, and... And a lot of places in Europe, uh, Indonesia, some parts of Eurasia, they uh, they do sliced bread different than what we do. Okay, they now when we we think you know sliced bread, you know we we've had a I mean we've had this loaf of bread that's been cooked and it's come through and been sliced. But that's just part of our American culture. We want everything now, fast, processed, and perfect. You know what I'm saying? And so. We, uh, it's just, just the American way, basically. Uh, a lot of these other places, though, they like things, you know, fresher. They don't mind spending the time. It's just the different cultures, all it is. You know, not one way is not better than the other. It's just different culture. And they, they don't sell, necess- they don't only sell just, just cooked bread. They actually sell you a, 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 a loaf of bread. You know, semi-cooked dough, par-cooked dough. And so, it's almost cooked. It's like parboiled rice, you know. It's rice that's been boiled for a little bit, you know. So, it comes to you, and it's been sliced. And so, whenever you want some fresh-cooked bread, you know. Fresh-cooked toast. If you, Well, listen. Listen there, Johnny. If you want some fresh-cooked bread or toast... Now you have that option, you know. Now they've tried to find the happy medium to where it's like, oh, we have these Americans over there, you know, so they can turn it up to the you know, two or three, you know, for they're already cooked bread, get some toast. But for say people in Europe or uh, uh, you know some of these other places, they actually have to crank it all the way up for it to actually finish and thoroughly cook the bread that you know that they've bought this sliced dough, cook it and then turn that into toast. So. You know, it's, it sounds like a silly question, or it seems like, you know, these corporations have got their head up their butt, but it's far from it. You know, they're just they're trying just to... trying to please everybody. Exactly. They're trying to please all of the customers. I have a curiosity that I want to just throw out there. Okay. Um, when you take the sliced dough and yeah. you put it in the toaster... Yes. What do you set it at to get just bread? If you want just like bread... like a four or a three? Well, I mean, of course, it, dep- it varies from manufacturer to manufacturer. So you're telling me... There's not a universal toaster numbers are not universal. Typically, the the, the toaster num the numbers themselves, I mean, is are not universal. Numbers are universal. Numbers are universal, but the way they the the, the system that the different companies use are not universal. I mean, that you know, if, it's just basically thinking your own mind, high, medium, low. You know what I'm saying? American toast, European bread, European toast. Think of it like that, you know what I'm saying? And the, you know the different they still of, put, the different spectrum of that. Don't they just eat crumpets uh, in Europe and they don't? That's just it? racist. That's just racist. Nobody eats crumpets anymore. Get that shit out of here. Crumpets are good, man. No, we're not. No, we're not. A, I don't know if I've ever seen a crumpet. Is a crumpet the same thing as an English? That's person? crumpets are what they used to, to feed the English slaves back in 1705, uh, 1709. They don't even eat that anymore. That's like, uh, you know, if you get caught in Germany waving a swastika flag, you'll probably get beaten up. You go over to England, and it's like, oh, we're going to have some tea and crumpets. You'll probably just get flogged. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I guess that answers your question. Thank you. Thanks for submitting those. Uh, We will be taking questions constantly. 
Uh, so if I'm at work and you've got a question, my phone number is on the website. Call me on the phone. I will pick up the phone in the middle of a rush, uh, no matter what I'm doing. And we'll go ahead and get your question down, man. Or you can just leave it as a voicemail. Or you could email us. Or you could leave it on the Facebook page. Or maybe we'll get a Twitter one day. I don't know. Yeah, you could tweet stuff at us. Maybe you could just like send. But let's let's keep it. Let's keep this shit old school, man. Send me a letter in the mail, man. Send us a letter. Just no bombs, please. We really. Or Amtrak. I'm... <laughs> don't try to send me no Amtrak in the mail. Uh, you trying to say am- Anthrax? Anthrax either. I don't want neither one of them. So you don't want your mail by train, <laughs> and you don't want anthrax in the mail. Yeah, okay. all three of those. All three of those. Um, so, yeah, send us some kind of message um, asking us a question you really, really want to know the answer to. Just just remember, there's no such thing as a stupid question, and when you're asking Pat a question, there's no such thing as a stupid answer. Every answer he has is pretty valid uh, and incredible. <laughs> all right, well, this is a segment where we do a little nerd drop. Um it's not necessarily new things or news in the nerd geek world uh, that we reside in. Just more like just nerd droppings. Just yeah, droppings. Yeah, yeah, like small droppings, like little puddles of dew. Yes, for your ears. So my drop of dew uh, is that I'm going to admit something that I believe I spoke of, I spoke on it last uh, podcast. I say last podcast. It was our pilot episode. Yay! Woo! Woo! Um, pilot episode of the podcast. Uh, I like shot Majora's Mask down. Um, I never played it before. Uh, I watched people play it, uh, but I hadn't played it too much. I played Ocarina of Time. I just really, really made the assumption that they couldn't have made a game more boring, or I mean, better, better in that format. And it was the same format, so I really, really didn't feel like they could have made a better game. Uh, but it's a treat. It's it's a real treat. Um, you get several options in the game that you didn't get. Um, I mean, everybody probably knows this. I'm 27 years old. The game came out when? When I was 12. <laughs> um, yeah. That's probably a true statement. Probably came out 15 years ago. Uh, my numbers might, might not be correct on that. but That's okay. Go ahead. Preach, buddy. Preach. <laughs> okay. Came out 25 years ago. Um, two years uh, after I was born. Uh, when the <laughs> Nintendo 64 was out. Um, They've been long, has it been that long? It's been 25 years. Jeez, you told me to just say least. whatever. I think, it's been, <laughs> I think it's been 15 years since the game. 14, 15 years okay. since Ocarina of Time came out. So everybody's probably played it. Uh, their mom's probably played it. Um, their grandma's probably played it. Because uh, it's like 75-year-old game. Uh, and it's just kind of... It doesn't do it for me. It doesn't have it. Whereas the games before that were very straightforward to the point. There were the Game Boy ones. Uh, fantastic. Uh, there's Super Nintendo, NES, blah, blah. I go on for days about how awesome all the Legend of Zelda games before yeah. Ocarina of Time were. Yeah, this is, you're, you're not the first person to be more of you know a purist in the sense. It's like, I want a game that's you know more like the original game. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You don't want to see things that are new. Change is scary. We all know. It's, you know what? I think change was scary when it came out. That was, right. my, that was my original impression. And I stuck with that for years and never played uh, Majora's Mask. Because I really didn't like the way Ocarina of Time came out. Yeah. And to be honest with you, I don't. I still don't like the way... I don't like the targeting system. I feel like it's very bumpy. Um, and a lot of the controls are just real stiff to me. It's real stiff for a game. Uh, but they've come out with uh, you know other games since then. Um, Wind Waker wasn't stiff. I played a little bit of Wind Waker. I enjoyed the hell out of it. But it was because I feel like it was the right time to make a new Zelda game. Gotcha. They have the technology and the abilities to do to things. do what they were trying to do. But Majora's Mask is fun. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. I admit it. 
Okay. I'm an asshole. Uh, you are. What is, what was that one game they came out with? It, was, it came out, it was one of the debut games for um, uh, PlayStation 3. You're fighting as the hell, you're fighting against the Hellgast, you know. Um, they've come out with a couple sequels. God, dog it. Resistance? No, it's not Resistance. It's... Killzone? Killzone. Yeah. Killzone. That's it, yeah. Killzone. Killzone is a game where I think that they did that, they, they kind of gave you that option of how to play the game superbly. Any of y'all that haven't ever played it, you there's, I think, four different characters, I want to say? Four? Maybe three. No, there's four, yeah. There's four different characters, each uh, wielding uh, their own kind of thing, you know? Wielding their own thing. They're huh? wielding their own thing. Mm-hmm. Let, me, <laughs> let me let me clarify. It's uh, they get a chance. You, they, each one has its own fighting style. It's a platoon. You know, you've got your basic. You know, the the hero of the the campaign who wields just your the average machine gun slash grenade launcher. Then you've got your heavy weapons expert. Wills the heavy machine gun with a rocket launcher built into it. You've got the the I'm going to work you on the sly underside of things woman who uh, has a, a small little submachine gun that doubles as a sniper rifle. So I'm going to uh, be sly and slick and stuff like that, just yeah, like a woman. Just sly and slick, just like a dang old woman. I Devils. tell you what. Mm-hmm. Come on now. So. Uh, they they really incorporated it. I mean, obviously at the first of the game, you know you have to you have to be the main character. But as you get into, you get introduced to the other characters really quickly, and you get the opportunity to play with whichever one you want to play with. You know, depending on just how you like to play with people, what kind of guns you like to use. You don't necessarily. Uh, you don't you 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 don't necessarily get to just change out all the different weapons so much as more you get to choose uh, the person that has those weapons, you know, as their base default weapons. Now, of course, there's other weapons you can pick up off the ground just to, as secondaries, but what the neat thing that happens throughout the campaign of this game is that depending on who you're playing as, the, the game changes. It, I like to, to snipe, so I play with the chick that is a sniper. And so the campaign, it funnels you through a different course of to complete the same objective to where there's opportunities that where you need to snipe to, 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 to proceed because you don't necessarily have the health and armor to just run through and just maul people. So if you're not the sniper, it doesn't put you in all those sniping situations? Exactly. Huh. If you say, my brother... I, I want to go in. A gun's blazing, motherfucker. All right. So he chose the big dude that had this, like, you know, ridiculous size, you know, minigun looking thing. And it puts you in situations where you're not so OP to make it just, you know, where it's not fun. But it puts you in the situations to where he's suited for him to come through there, run through, maul people down. You're busting tanks. You have tanks coming at you more often and things of that thing. You know, you have vehicles and stuff where it's like, if you don't have a rocket launcher, you're going to be in trouble. Tell me this. Can you switch characters mid-game? You cannot. Okay. Though, nope, not playing it. It, it. No, 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 no. It's like... Can't do it. If I can't switch characters mid-game... It's not like... It's like, oh, well, I'm sucking at this level. It's not like, you know, it's not... The way they do it is, you know, it's like in between, like, the, the levels, if you will. Uh... Well, I'm having really... I, I suck as a sniper, and I'm doing really bad. You know, I want to try somebody else. I... From my my speculation of the first kill zone, because I haven't really played the others to be honest, uh, you can't just say boom, change class. You know, 
but you, there are other opportunities, you know, at the beginning of the different levels. You know, it's like who you want to go play as, you know. And it has a pretty cool co-op situation as well, to where y'all can work in tangent on some parts of the mission, and then there's some parts of the mission where you split off to do your own thing, and in then tandem. come back. Yes, in tandem. In tandem. In tandem. It's in tangent. I thought it tangent. Y'all can just jump into tangerine. <laughs> but you know. I thought it was cool. Uh, kill, the later kill zones, they you know try to use uh, the uh, what is it the the motion sense uh, system really? with PlayStation. So you actually have you know they had the guns with the funny looking little glowing globe on the end of them for the motion cameras. It was really awesome, dude. It was super hard. I'm not gonna lie, it was hard. It was easier to play with the control, but I think that's because it was so lifelike. Yeah. You know, you had to sit there and In like, real life, you would just die. You would just curl up in a ball. Exactly, you know. You know, you're actually having to, you know, sit there and aim with the gun, you know. And you still had the little the little thumb thing to basically uh, control your strafing and forward and backwards movements. But all you're looking, you know, was though you actually holding this weapon and aiming. And so it added a pretty cool uh, aspect to the game that I haven't yet to see with any other game. Well, I guess I'll have to try Killzone out, and you'll have to try Majora's Mask out. Sounds fair enough. Did you already play Majora's Mask? I have not. To be honest, uh, I've only played Orcarina of Time, and I've touched on... I have touched on Majora's Mask, but I haven't gotten very far yet. You touched on Majora's Mask. I touched on Majora's Mask, if you know what I mean. It was like a sensual rubdown? (sighs) It... It was uh, beyond PG-13. Okay. Hmm. It's very nice. Indeed. Indeed. I've also touched on uh, the Skyward Sword. Like, basically got through the tutorials before I, like, wasn't able to play. But it was, it seemed like a pretty cool game. Had pretty cool functions. Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. Good stuff. Games. Uh, Speaking of games, there is a convention coming up. It's called Classic Game Fest. Um... We are Texas residents, if you don't already know that. I'm assuming the five or six people that ever listen to this show, uh, they're from Texas and they probably know us and feel bad for us that we're not getting listeners. Um, so they're already there. So meet us in Austin, Texas at the Palmer Events Center. ATX. Uh, July 25th through 26th. That's 2015. That's this year. It's not in the future and it's not in the past. So you don't have to do any like extra work to get there or wait a super long time. Um, it's this year, uh, July 25th and 26th. Uh, like I said, Palmer Events That's Center. just in a couple weeks, bro. Yeah, that's in a couple weeks. Dang go. Um, that's, I'm pretty okay with that. I, I love my video games. I'm not going to pretend to be terribly educated on here, uh, so I'm just going to read straight from the card. Howard Scott Warshaw will be here uh, from E.T. Atari. Uh, I'm assuming he looks like a younger guy. I don't think he made Atari for E.T. I doubt he'd, or E.T. for Atari. Right. Uh, I think that's the documentary. Um about the game E.T. Okay. For the Atari? Possibly. Or um, maybe this is just an old stock photo of him. Or it's an old stock photo of him from the 40s. Because uh, <laughs> that's when they made Atari. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Richard Garriott. Um, it looks like he works for Origin. Uh, if you're not familiar with Origin, that's uh, Sim Cities on Origin. Origin. The, it's, it's a, a bunch yeah. of EA stuff. Also, apparently he's working on the staff of Ultima Online. I love the Ultima games. Never check that out. Um, Star Long, Shroud of the Avatar. No clue. No idea. Uh, Ernie Klein, Ready Player One. Uh, that was another like documentary. Okay. About uh, I think it was about game development. Okay, cool. If it's the documentary I'm thinking of, I don't. I'm not trying to pretend like I sound like I know what I'm talking about. 
but I've watched the documentary, and I want to say Ready Player One is the one about um, um, indie gaming, developing yes. indie games and stuff like that. Yes. Uh, it was pretty interesting. I really liked it. Well, beyond all these people that we really don't know who they are. Yeah. Somebody <laughs> else might be there. But tons of classic and uh, vintage video games for sale. You can buy classic cartridges, consoles, and more. Uh, there's a game buyback station. You can trade in your used games for cash. Sweet. Ooh, girl, Sweet. right there. Um, and they're talking about old games, too. Like, you can't go to GameStop and See, trade in a Nintendo cartridge. Right. Well, that, what excites me about this is just the fact that it's like, you know, for those of us that, uh, you know, still love to play the classic systems like Super Nintendo and stuff, you know, that's, you know, I grew up at the beginning of Super Nintendo, and you can't exactly just go into Walmart and buy a Super Nintendo game anymore. It's, it's like, getting like that with GameCube now. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like, you know, it's progressing, you know, so... Places like this that are just basically selling old surplus of you know of uh, the the cartridges you know is all we have left. So that's pretty interesting. I hope they have there, there should be a pretty good supply. Yeah, a lot of uh, selection. So uh, it also looks like there's a video game museum there. They're going to have vintage consoles, um, handhelds, and add-ons. Yeah. Um, there's a store called Game Over. If it's off uh, Buffalo know, Speedway, yeah, yeah, and, I know uh, about Game Over. Yeah. in Houston, um, and they have. Um, Power gloves all over the place. You're kidding me. You can't buy one, though. They will not sell one to you. But they're all over the dang place. Are they just collecting them? I guess. I don't know. (laughs) I want a damn power glove, though. Um, Even though I hear that they were, like, terrible to actually use. Oh, yeah. They're they're horrible. (laughs) Um, It says media guests and fan groups. There's artists and uh, vendors for video game stuff. Oh, yeah. There's most any convention I've ever been to. There's always, like, the artist gallery. Just, you know, people's creativity flowing, and you get to buy a piece of it. Um, Looks like you can bring uh, a costume with you. You wear a costume. I mean, you bring it with you on your body. Yes, bring um, it with you on your body. So bring your costume with you on your body. If you put the costume in a bag and carry it around, people probably won't be as impressed. Exactly. Um, there's classic video game tournaments. Uh-huh. I don't know how into that people are, but that's probably what I would go for. Uh, there are free retro arcades. I could play retro video game arcade all day. I'm a huge Galaga fan. Uh, yeah, that's good stuff. I'm more Miss Pac-Man myself. Miss Pac-Man is my thing. Um... If anybody wants to challenge me and Miss Pac-Man, you're on. Uh, there's live video game music as well, and that would be the other thing that I would mainly be there for. I'm really not trying to get artist signatures or want to meet anybody who developed a game. Okay. I could care less. Um, but hearing the video game music, I love listening to covers of video game songs and metal bands and stuff like that um, that play video game music. So that is definitely something that uh, piques my interest. Uh, but, you know, there's other, uh, other conventions coming up too, right? Yeah, there's actually coming up here pretty soon uh, going to be uh, Space Sitting Con, uh, formerly known as Houston Con, which is formerly known as Space City Con. So, uh, yeah, they used to be Space City Con for years. It was really popular. That's what I thought. Yeah. Okay. They, uh, they, for whatever reason, last year, I don't know the, spe- the specifics of reasons why, but they changed it to Houston Con, numbers dropped. Uh, this year they've revamped it back as Houston Space Con, and it is looking like they have a complete so, all-star lineup. Is it Houston Space Con or Space City Con? Space City Con. Space City Con. Where did you get Houston Space Con? Bro, I'm just... I'm, I, listen here, buddy. Don't you sit here question me, all right? Okay, I'm sorry. Anyway, uh, Houston Space City Convention. Yes. So, I mean, it's basically all nerdum related to space. They have, like, half the crew of Star Trek Voyager are going to be there, from Catherine Janeway, who my wife tells me is actually also playing in Orange is the New Black, which has a pretty cult following right now. 
Um, and I meant exactly what I said. They have a beautiful cult following right now. Um, who else? They got Jacote going to be there. They got the Doctor from Voyager going to be there. I mean, if you look at it, it's there. There's so many stars that are going to be there from like Will Shatner and so on that they almost think that it's a hoax. They think that this is just a scam. People are like saying, "No, this is real. This is." They're just trying to scam us out of our money. They've never had this many people. I swear. Oh my god! So the Power Rangers as well, or one Power Ranger, or how's that working? They're the <laughs> the Green Power Ranger is going to be there. It, we've we found out from past conventions and attending like <laughs> they pan- no longer travel in a pack. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, we've we've gone to some of the other panels with the other rangers, and uh, apparently there's there was a huge falling bout back in the day between Tommy the Green Ranger and basically the rest of them. Apparently he's a dick, and you'll either see him at a convention or you'll see most of the other ones from he that generation. Cool he was the cool one. He was the cool one. Yeah, but apparently he was also a douche off stage. Who knew? Hmm. Yeah. Who knew our idols was? A douche? Seemed like yeah, yeah. It's one of those things when you're a kid, you just like, say it isn't so. <laughs> no, Tommy. <laughs> yeah, so hit, yeah, the Green Ranger's supposed to be there. Uh, Tamara's pretty excited. She, if, in case y'all don't know, uh, y'all can check her out. She's a cosplayer. She's won a couple of awards. She had, at HoustonCon, actually, she won a, 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 a Gold Tentacle Kitty, which is a rarity in itself, as an award for a best, uh, what was it, best comic version uh cosplay for Gamora. So uh it it she she's pretty pumped. She's got a couple of different cosplays she's wanting to unround. Y'all can check her out and check out her progress. Uh her her handle is Afro Queen. Check her out on Facebook. I think she's on uh Twitter. Uh I'll figure all that stuff out later. I'm not really social like that, but She's on those things. You know, I really think, I just want to add to it, I really think Pat's being modest. Like, I want to say she's gotten some popularity, some real buzz lately over the costumes she makes, not just cosplaying, she makes costumes, right? Well, yeah, she's, uh, she, you know, she's always, you know, kind of on the side, you know, as, as a, to make money at her hobby, you know, she's always taking commissions and things like that. Um, she actually recently just got a... Just from no, people knowing about her and her gaining popularity, some people that are making a small short film here in Houston-based uh, saw some of her work and were like, hey, you know, can you make this costume for us? And so she just signed her first contract, you know, you know, at a more professional level of, you know, building a costume. You know, she's uh, she typically makes, you know, 100% of her costume. There's a couple things that she tends to lean on just ordering when it comes to the spandex body uh, body suits and stuff because it's just so much more cost effective and time efficient to just buy a bodysuit versus trying to buy spandex and, and just create one yourself. But other than that, she makes pretty much everything. I mean, she's got a, uh, a Star Wars costume that she made uh, that was... Um, I don't know if we have any Star Wars fans out there. I'm a Star Wars fan. And she's uh, uh, Luminara and Dooley. It took about eight yards of fabric to make her cloak and a hood. And she actually had to create a stamp. She took and hand-carved a stamp to print the pattern onto the fabric, you know. So, I mean, she's definitely a bad it, bad it. Bad it, bad it. Um... Other than that, uh, I know we mentioned the food truck convention last time. We've got a busy month. Yes. Uh, hopefully I get to make it to all of these things. Um, if you don't know me, 
Uh, I'll probably make the food truck convention my priority. Um, <laughs> the classic gaming, of course, will be second on the list. And then Space City Con, eh, never was really into the Power Rangers, never was really into Star Trek. Probably last on my priorities. If there was a comic What about book, Star Wars? You're not a Star Wars fan? Not yeah, they just, didn't wow me. Don't because I think because Le- like Leia, Le- Leia, she's going to be there. This is getting close to starting sparking controversy here, but I didn't particularly super enjoy or I didn't dislike them, but uh, they weren't like super enjoyable. The Star Wars movies. Stop. <sighs> I'm going to have to you know rethink this whole uh, this whole podcast. I don't get it. <laughs> I just don't get it. Okay, I watched them. It's cool. I really I like. I really didn't give a shit. Um, you did not give any fecal I'm, matter to yeah, anyone? No, zero fecal matters. Zero fecals. I gave zero fecals. Oh, Lord, what am I going to do with you? That would be like Jen's of, of that tech. Uh, she works um, at Cedar Bayou Animal Clinic. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, if she said, I gave zero fecals, she would actually be talking about her day. And she had to do zero <laughs> fecal examination, which I would call a bonus uh, if you're working as a vet tech and you had to mess with no fecals, <coughs> like no fecals. Um, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, that'd be a win for the so day. So that's a good thing. But if I give zero fecals, that means um, it's a bad thing. Um, so, yeah. Well, uh, beyond all that, um, I, can't, I can't necessarily think of uh, – too many more conventions, you know, that we're kind of winding down as far as the season goes. Uh, I think San Japan's already passed. I think we opted out of San Japan. What's San Japan? It's a uh, essentially Japanese culture based in San Antonio. Huh. It's a, it's, a, it's a Japanese culture convention based in San Antonio. It's San Japan, San Antonio. So San. But it's essentially an anime convention in San Antonio. See, I think I would, I would, I would love to go to an anime convention, but I really think I would like to go to a comic book convention. Yeah, man. Uh, but there, from what I understand, as far as cosplay and stuff goes, they're the same thing. But you might have some different panels. But yeah, that, that's good. That is the key difference between like any of these conventions. You know, for the for generally speaking, it's going to be people want to dress up. Yeah, yeah. You're going to find people that dress up. Now, obviously, at a comic book convention, it's going to be more. Uh, based around comic books and superheroes and stuff. We're at an anime convention. It's going to be predominantly uh, anime uh, TV shows and whatnot. But people do their thing. I mean, you see Mario and Luigi at anime conventions. Oh, you see, there's there is a Houston known group that does that does um, the Mario group from Princess Peach, Toadstool, Wario, and etc. And they all you see them at every convention. Any there's any kind of gathering basically where it might be acceptable for them to be there in costume, <laughs> they will be there. They're just like oh, we throw a Halloween party next year. And there <laughs> I swear. I mean, I've seen them at like not even like anime convention. Houston had a Japanese festival where I mean they had all this authentic food and these you know dances and shows. And out of nowhere, here's this huge like you know cosplay group. Cost people, uh, cost. Blah, 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 blah. Ooh, Cosplay. Uh, mm, you like that, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Wind it. <laughs> no, but then it was like you know, here's these like Mario group just running around. I was like, what? <laughs> now, when you said they were running around, were they like running around, like jumping on people's heads and throwing turtle shells and? You you would be surprised, yes, almost. That what if it walks around and they're playing like the theme music, bum, 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 ba, da, bum, and they've got it timed. They know when the certain sound effects kick in, and so like Mario will like jump whenever it, you know it, you know he hits the brick and stuff. You know, 
And then if he's spitting some fireballs, he acts like he's throwing little fireballs out. Are there any, when you go to these convention centers, are any of them made of brick? And does Mario punch any parts of them and, like, break them? I have yet to see him do okay. that. I have yet to see him do that. You know, because people people abuse their power. When they become Mario for the day and they realize that all they have to do is touch a brick with their fist and it'll shatter into smaller bricks. Well, you know. <laughs> no, but it, it is always interesting to see people that, like, really get into the role of the character they are. <laughs> Freaking, uh, well, it, it, was at, it was at a convention in Austin, actually, I think we uh, went to. Oh, I know what you're talking about. The guy was Mario, and he had the cape, and he just, like, jumped off the top of a building and broke his neck. No! Oh. I didn't hear about this. Oh, okay. this. This is awesome. What did you hear about? No, no, it was a guy I saw. I'm trying to think of the character's name from, uh, from, uh, Naruto. But it's uh, Chirichochi. No fool. Is if anybody that's watched it, they'll know exactly what I'm talking about. As I mentioned in the last one, I'm terrible with the names. I can tell you their powers all day long, but I'm terrible with the names. <laughs> <laughs> it was the sensei that uh, that had the eye patch, who had the 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 magic eye where he could sit there and like just basically see everything in slow motion. He always wore the eye patch, mm-hmm. and he had the he taught homeboy to use the chidori, you know. But uh, it was a guy that was dressed up as him, and he—I mean, he, he even like looked like him. You know, he already was you know the right complex and everything. Had the hair done, you know, great wig. Had a great outfit, and then had like a little plush of Paku, his his little dog, ninja dog he summons. And then he's like sitting there. I don't know where the guy got this book, but in the show he's always like sneaking off reading these little in their culture dirty magazines, you know. We were, like, walking outside to go get some food, and here this fool is sitting on a park bench with his leg crossed, and Paku sitting next to him, just sitting there reading this little dirty book, just, like, wait, just just waiting for somebody to notice, you know? It was great. <laughs> it's like a sign that says, look at me. Every once in a while, he just screams, look what I'm doing! Isn't this clever? <laughs> I wonder if he's thinking that. Like, when I put something on the internet, like, that I've created myself... And I'm like sitting there getting steamed up about it. Yeah. Like, don't you don't you like this? Isn't this funny? <laughs> and then I'll like I'll follow Jen around the house and be like, Did you see this? Did you see this? And I'll show her the stuff that I posted and she's like, Yeah, I saw it an hour ago. Yeah. Well, Te- well you didn't like it. <laughs> I always frustrate I do the same thing. I'll frustrate Tamara to no end, man. I'll sit there and I'll find something funny on the internet and I have it's it's I am compulsed to sit there and show as many people as I can because I think this is so funny that <laughs> hey, the world needs to see this. Hey, Brad, look, man, man, <laughs> come look at us. If you don't already know, uh, Pat and I have made a formula um, for how to address each other. Uh, and the formula is pretty much anything that starts with br mm-hmm. yeah. and whatever vowels you can put after it uh, equal bro. It's Basically, like a, it's like a yeah. So if you hear us saying, you know, what's up, or you know, just know we're saying bro, and that's just something that we've developed over the years. I know it's impressive. Don't try and develop anything like that. You won't be successful. This was just a rare occasion where we had a brilliant idea. Yeah, I wonder if we could copyright it. We probably could, bro. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Cop- copyright every vowel that comes after BR in a word. <laughs> Just make words. Like somebody uses the word brought, and now we're paid royalties because there's um, two vowels yes. after the BR and brought. I'm okay with this. Okay. Sounds like a plan. Uh, so there's one more segment of the show um, we're probably going to do, and we're going to work this out. I don't know how good it's going to be. 
Um, but we're going to bring you some news snippets. Uh, we're going to talk about some news that's been going on um, that might be a little outrageous. Um, so just uh, some weird things happen in the news. Um, not going to go anything anything too crazy. This isn't Unsolved Mysteries or anything. Um, there's this guy, uh, Pitor Janowski. Uh, he is an artist. Um, apparently he went to some university. Uh, I don't really know where he went. Piotar. Uh, Piotar. He went to the Art Institute of Chicago, I believe. Um, and he really is into tinfoil. So, <laughs> he has a decent sized house. I mean, he probably lives by himself, um, considering what he did. Um, he <laughs> <laughs> probably lives alone. Yeah. Uh, he covered his entire house in tinfoil. Uh, looks really sleek and smooth. Uh, it looks not, like a metal house. Not only the house, but the trees in his yard as well. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, his neighbors um, didn't like it. Maybe it was reflective. I imagine it would be severely reflective. And depending on what side of the street you lived on or how you were geographically positioned uh, relative to his home. Um, and even the angles of his walls. I mean, we could break this down. <laughs> we could break this down, but we're not going to. It's probably probably it's quite irritating. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, so Pitor uh, said, you know, this is a work of art. This isn't my house. This is also me expressing <laughs> the way I do things. So uh, this is in Florida. Uh, so the sun's pretty bright. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty hot out there. Uh, there's probably a death beam. Uh, <laughs> reflecting off of his house into people's windows at certain parts of the I wonder day. if there's been any fatalities. <laughs> <laughs> his house just lasers somebody walking down the street. <coughs> so, in response, uh, it Piotr, looks like... Piotr, Piotr, use solar beam! <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Um, it looks like he peeled all this uh, tinfoil off of his house um, and rolled it into what looks like an eight-foot-tall ball of tinfoil. <laughs> <laughs> um... And rolled it down the street to the recycling bin, uh, the local recycling bin. So he got a kick out of that. I guess they spoke with him and, uh, you know, he said, this is my house. He's 53 years old. He's from Poland. He said, um, this art, you know, in their thick bureaucratic books, I'm sure they have nothing against this. Um, but they're just finding a reason to give him a hard time. He thinks it's a bureaucracy type thing and that people are just ganging up on him. Maybe because he thinks he's Polish or I, I don't know. I honestly feel like you're you're making your house into a frying pan or something. I, I don't know. That's what I'm sitting here thinking. <laughs> I, I swear that was the first thing that came to mind. I was like, I wonder what this is doing to his light bill. There's homeowners associations that yeah, is probably actually making it really good. You put tinfoil on your windows to keep it from to block the light out. Right. So there's light reflecting completely off of this house. It absorbs no. Uh, maybe, maybe. I, don't I don't know, but I'm no scientist. Let's, you, you're the scientist. Yeah, so the thing about t- well, that we'll save that. Maybe that can be next week's question. Yeah. I don't know. We'll worry about that later. But he rolled it up. He rolled it down the street, uh, and here now it's off my property. Uh, I'm recycling it like a good Samaritan would. <laughs> uh, uh, it's down here in the recycling bin. I mean, and this is a giant ass ball of tinfoil. I got an. I, I'm not I, exaggerating when I say seven, maybe eight feet tall. I want to know what, how much this weighs. Because that's what I'm saying. It's like, this, this, this has got to weigh, you know, hundreds of pounds. Yeah. Hundreds? Hundreds. You think hundreds? I think so, man. I mean, I it's guess like I, you think a sheet of... 200 or more pounds would be hundreds. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess I mean, it's like you you, you think it's like, oh, some tin, aluminum foil, tinfoil, whatever, you know, there's like a sheet of it that's not very much. 
But this is like looks to be a solid compressed ball yeah. of foil that is the like he said, it's probably about eight feet in diameter. If it was um two thousand pounds, could you still call it hundreds of yeah, pounds? Yeah, of course you can. Because it's several hundreds. Yeah. It's twenty hundreds, but it's a hundreds of pounds. Twenty hundred I mean that's not, you know, what's I mean, that's not what would be considered the proper way to say it, but it's not necessarily wrong. So if you don't want to sound like you're exaggerating, technically anything you're talking about the weight of, you could say it was pounds. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's like, I mean, it's like you could say that 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 piece of paper, you know, you could use pounds. It's grams. This thing is grams and grams of paper. Yes. Yeah, okay. There's two grams. It's milliliters of paper. Milliliters of paper, yeah. Do we use grams? What are ounces? Ounces. We're going to go by ounces. Yeah, milli-ounces. Milli-ounces. <laughs> I need you to get that measure for, measurement for me as soon as possible. Uh, in other weird stuff, you know, I just... I hang out on the internet a lot. Um, I think that's what a lot of people are doing. But um, I pick out some pretty stupid stuff. Uh, there's a video, and I, you know, it's, it's already gone viral. Uh, and it's pretty recent. Uh, but you know how quick that happens now. Um... It's pretty ridiculous. It seems that somewhere in the UK, or I'm silly for assuming that. It doesn't say where this is happening. But the guy is obviously British. Um, and he's throw it looks like... I want to say he's Australian. Maybe. Because it, they have seagulls. It lo- I don't think well, seagulls yeah. live in Europe. You're probably right. He's probably Australian. Um, but he's calling the French fries that he's throwing to the bird chips as well. That is um, true. So that's a good clue. It's a good clue. Uh, but that doesn't um, signify his geographical location. At all. Uh, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Pat is over here like clawing at his eyes or something. I don't know if he's having an allergic reaction. I've just had like way too much caffeine today. Way too much caffeine. Way too much caffeine. It's like niacin. He's like flushed. Right now. Uh, well, these seagulls are dancing for chips. Uh, the, seagulls, the seagull is seriously like happy feet style. Like tap dancing. And you know, he doesn't have a rhythm or anything. I'm not going to say it's super impressive, but for it to, he's clearly doing it to get the food. Dude, no, yeah, yeah. That's he's, what like, it, he's like, look at me, look at me. And he is connected, tapping his feet like that with getting food. This, dude, it's like he's even learned words, key words. Like, it's like every time the guy says dance, uh, he does dance. it, he does it without the guy saying dance. But he, whenever he did do that, he's like, oh, look, he sold the chip and just started dancing. I yeah. don't know. That's that's not really. That's more of like a Chicago. He sold a, he sold a chip and just started dancing. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. He just sold a chip and started dancing. Eh? That like that. You stick with doing like southern accents, bro. I'll I'll take care of the foreign stuff. Okay. Or um, right. you know what? You could All probably right. do some uh, some uh, Latin type Lat- things. You're probably good I, at that. Hey, you know, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll stick with the British stuff. Okay. So anyway, the seagull he was dancing for chips. And he tap tap tapped his feet back and forth, and um, I threw him some chips like that. Yeah, here's a chip. Dance for your chips. Dance for your chips, sir. You bloody seagull. <laughs> <laughs> That's a curse word uh, over there. Uh, but uh, there's one more thing, you know. I thought was super interesting, and this is just coincidence that we're um, doing stuff about birds today. But there is this bird. Uh, it's a cockatiel. Cockatiel. Uh, he has learned to whistle. Um, I'm sure there's plenty of this stuff, but it's super adorable. It's a yellow cockatiel. Cockatiel. You know what <laughs> Every time I say cockatiel on the cockatiel. podcast, so if there's another episode where I say it, you've got to remember to sing cockatiel. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, 
the bird's yellow. I'm going to try not to say cockatiel. <laughs> the bird's yellow, uh, so it looks similar to a chocobo. I don't know if you know what a chocobo is. Uh, it's from the Final Fantasy series. It's an ostrich-like bird that you ride around. You're not going to say a word for that, too. Stop. Uh, you ride the bird around. Uh, there's a theme song for it. This bird has learned to whistle the chocobo uh, theme song. Uh, so, pretty impressive. There's birds that have learned to whistle all kinds of things. But I think it's really funny that this yellow bird, who looks similar to a chocobo, has learned to whistle the chocobo theme song. Can you play that for us? I mean, yeah, I... yeah. We'll go. You know what? We'll go ahead and insert that right now. Let's do that. You know. So this is clearly uh, the theme song from Final Fantasy: The Chocobo. Like, I've, if you've never heard it, I mean, I can play that clip too. I'll play a small clip from that too. Let's go ahead and do that. See, it sounds. Uh, very similar. Yeah they're, both, yeah. they're both similar songs. I mean, it doesn't sound similar. But it's, it's the same damn song. I mean, it's like obviously the, like the actual song from the game has a lot of extra stuff going on, but the, the actual tune, the right, main tune, yeah. yeah. The, the main tune of the song, you know, is like, I was kind of, I was like, what? Listen yeah. here to Cockatoo. And you know what? He probably didn't listen to that version of the song, the earlier versions on Nintendo and stuff. It was pretty much the whistling. Oh, That's really? That's all you hear. Oh, okay. And you think maybe a bird recognizes that as a bird whistle, like it's supposed to sound like a bird? And so it imitates it relatively quickly and relatively well because it's so similar to a sound a bird can already make. Right. Uh, kind of like when you whistle, like one of the first things any parrot or cockatiel or anything knows is that. Cockatiel! I don't know if that's something they automatically do. Probably not. It's probably something they've heard people do to them over and over and over. I'm pretty sure from my studies that most birds have learned all of their their uh, songs from listening to people and trying to imitate people whistling. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> the, the birds don't whistle until they've heard a person whistle? Basically. So like cockatiels in the wild. Cockatiel! They're silent. Ba- yeah. They it, just breathe. Barely, yeah. Barely. Because they haven't heard a person breathe. But they breathe because they have to survive, but they don't breathe like a domesticated they, cockatiel. No, they don't breathe the cockatiel! They don't breathe like a regular cockatiel! But they, uh, you know, when... As far as like their songs, like you know, all the songbirds and stuff, I mean, you, you will catch them in, in in wild doing it now, but it's you know it's it's kind of like domesticating animals. It's like it's, it took you know generations and generations to domesticate some of these animals. Back in ancient times, birds did not make sounds really. You know, they flew and they, 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 they were silent and listening to the music that man was creating and the you know the tunes that they were carrying. The bigger, the all birds the began bigurns. the bigurns. They began to imitate it. That's where that's what they called them before they were birds. Before yeah. they started making sounds, they were bigurns. Yeah, basically, and it, it goes back to ancient Latin. You know, if you study ancient Latin, you'll see the translations and such. Bigurdus maximus. Yeah, yeah. Bigurdus maximus, and then once it, bird comes from birdus minimus, which translates roughly to Bigurdus. flying creature of song. But you know. But yeah, they, they birds learned to sing from us. They heard somebody playing a flute, and they started singing. And then they're like, "Hmm, that's pretty interesting." Um, I guess uh, we're to the point where we need to wrap the show up. Wrap that up. Uh, so we're gonna wrap it up. I guess we close out with a closing song, um, and that uh, I believe will be. Uh, we're developing. We develop a theme song, right? Yeah, or not a theme song, but a closing song that uh, I believe you sing. I do sing it, and uh, there might know. be a little mixing and mastering in there, and some wicked, wicked, wicked. But uh, yeah, it's going to be an awesome closing song. Uh, so, you got any uh, closing? 
things you want to uh, plug out? Closing things I want to plug out. Um, basically, keep listening. I command it. Uh, share us with other people, you know. Repost us on Facebook, Twitter, Bitter, Kidder, and Ditter. Uh, you can even find us on Tinder nowadays. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. no, no Tinder accounts. <laughs> No, but yeah, just come on, you know, uh, jump on a bandwagon with us, you know what I mean? And Jump uh, on a bandwagon with us. I don't think you're using the term correctly. Like a bandwagon is something everybody else is jumping on, and if we're getting people to jump on our content, then we're not on the bandwagon. We, we're driving the bandwagon. Are though. we driving the how bandwagon? Are you, how are you supposed to drive a wagon if you're not on it? Okay. All right. Jump on the bandwagon. With us. <laughs> I just didn't want to sound like I was a bandwagoner, but I mean, technically, if you're driving the bandwagon, you are a bandwagoner. Ten, that is ten, your trade. That's ten, ten four right there, buddy. Come on. Bandwagoners by trade. Yeah, bandwagoners by trade. Sure. We're, we're trendsetters essentially. So um, you know, uh, share, subscribe, enjoy. Um, Put it on Google. Put it on. Uh, Put it on Google. Put it on Bing. Put it on yeah. Put it on Yahoo. Yahoo. Tell your great grandma and grandma about it, or great grandma and grandma, because <laughs> your grandpa and great grandpa are no longer around. Yeah. So tell your great grandma and your grandma about it. Um, you know, tell everybody. Spread the word. Uh, we are trying to get listeners. Uh, hopefully, we can keep this interesting for y'all. Hopefully, I don't have to force you to become listeners. Yeah, yeah. I will send Pat to your house. Uh, he will stand <laughs> on your chest. <laughs> he'll stand. He'll put a foot on your chest and send him, pin you to the floor. We'll send them goons to your house, boy. And the goons will come to your house. Um, you know, like they say, though, what's a goon to a um, gambling? Another goon. What's a goon to a gambling? Gambling. <laughs> um, I'd like to give all credit to that quote. Uh, for that quote, to who is it? Some rapper. Some rapper. Uh, so some rapper out there. Apologize if you're offended by us using this quote. Um, Guess what I want to throw in there is um, I'm working on a few things right now. Um, I think I've said it before. I always have a bunch of shit going on, and I never finish anything. Like, I always start this, I always start this, I always start this. I start this podcast. This is on the episode we're ever going to (laughs) do. Shit like that. Uh, But I am working on some music. Uh, I'm doing some artwork, uh, like uh, Etsy-style type artwork uh, plates. Uh, I will take requests. Uh, make any kind of freaking plate you want within my artistic capabilities. I'm not going to make you a plate that has a photograph quality picture of your son on it or no, anything like that. That's um, just dumb anyways. Who wants to plate with your son? Right, you want to eat your kid's yeah, face? Gonna eat off my son's face. <laughs> you um, can just do that in real life. Before anybody tries that, though, if anybody ever buys the plates, don't eat off of them, please. Um, if you're going to buy something for its artistic value, um, that would be like... Somebody going to the uh, Louvre. Is that where the Mona Lisa is? I believe. Going to the Louvre and just setting the Mona Lisa down as a placemat and eating some spaghetti. <laughs> uh, that's, that's what I compare my artwork to. Uh, so buy some plates from me, man. Uh, they're cheap uh, as far as uh, you know, handmade stuff goes. Uh, the plate, of course, isn't handmade. I buy the plate. Um, but I do put the design on it. My smaller plates are $10. My larger plates are $20. Um, if you buy three, you get one free with either set. So if you want four plates, you get them for the price of three plates. So, you know, let me know. Let me know if you want something. 
Uh, like I said, I will take requests. Anything you want me to put on a plate within my artistic capability. I want a mushroom stamp. I will definitely do that. Uh, that's actually of my mushroom. not only well within my artistic capability. <laughs> I believe I'm the one who invented that. Uh, so we should be able to do that. But yeah, uh, come get some plates from me. Check uh, this out, pretty dude. awesome. What? Check this out. What's I got. It? I, got it. I finally found my next project. You know, What's I was that? talking about my 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 next. You know, I finished that bookshelf up and everything. I've got my next project: a dog house. A dog house. A dog house. So you're gonna build a house for your dog. Yes, and my my house, my dog needs residence. We were talking about. Um, get it's this what he'll, so you'll have somewhere to go every time you get in trouble. <laughs> no shit. That's what that's the joke everybody keeps making. What are you, is this for you or the dog? <laughs> I'm pulling. I'm editing that out because I hate making jokes that people have already made. Yeah, yeah. I don't blame you. Yeah, I'm gonna now, cut my throat. But uh, yeah. So uh, we were originally going to going to sit there and take some hints off of uh, what's that? What's that one? Tum- not Tumblr. Uh, Tumblr. Not Tumblr. Tinder. Not Tinder. You're gonna take hints off of Tinder. What's that? Uh, Pinterest. Pinterest. Tamra saw some things, you know, about taking some pallets and, you know, using plywood what to make Pinterest? a house. What is Pinterest? Is that when you pinch your wrist like a Pinterest? No, Pinterest. P-I-N-T-R something. Pint wrist? Okay. I don't know. It's just people sharing a bunch of pictures of ideas. Oh, I thought you were going to pinch my wrist. No, I'm not going to pinch That's what happens when you get married. You get your wrist pinched. No, fool. So you're getting off of pinched wrist, you're getting doghouse plans. Yes, the people, you know, they were like, you know, I was, at first I was like, you know, I'm going to get this doghouse my mom and dad built, but then I went to try to pick the bastard up, and it weighs like 300 pounds, because my parents had leftover material when they were building their house, and used like half-inch plywood, two-by-fours, and hardy planking (laughs) to make a fucking doghouse, you know, it's like, I I can't even pick it up by myself. Why don't they have the dog, like, why don't they use the doghouse? Because the dogs died? They could have made the dog. I mean, obviously the doghouse was pretty sturdy, and you're not using it. They could have made a tomb for him out of the doghouse. They could have, and that's basically all it's been since then. Is like an obelisk in our dog's <laughs> memories. You know, it just sits there. But uh, no, man, I was like, we've seen these pictures of these uh, pallets. You know, slap some plywood on it, call it good. You know what I mean? But uh, so that's the next project. So you're I'm gonna kinda, get pallets to make a dog. Well, house. actually, I kind of cheated because we're sitting there. Uh, uh, I'm at work, and what do I see? But this is damn. You saw a whole bunch of copper wire, so you stole it from your job. You're gonna sell the copper wire, and then you're just gonna use it to make buy an already constructed. No, I freaking I took it a step further, man. I freaking found a box at work that was already basically everything I was looking for. All I gotta do is like cut out a hole for the dog to walk <laughs> through and put a roof on it. <laughs> funny yeah um so you like the box is already constructed basically i've like i said i've got to cut a hole out for the dog to walk through and i need to construct a roof out of it uh obviously i'm I, i'm gonna take things you know I, it's like now it's become too easy so now i've got to sit there <laughs> and take it to the next level as far as like well you put an air conditioner in? well <laughs> you are, you? I've, I've been talking to my buddy troy and we're sitting there, sitting there, just like, well, I mean, how hard would it be to install some kind of fan to the side of it? You know what I mean? It would be, dude. You can go, man. You could get stuff. I promise. That's what I'm saying. You know, I'm gonna sit there, stain it. You know, to water treat it. I want to paint the whole thing. One of our friends is gonna come over and put a mural of the dogs playing on the side of it and all this and that jazz. You Who's know. doing that? Uh, a friend of ours named Brittany. I don't think you've met her. Oh, I can't do a mural of the dogs. If on you the side? want to do a mural on the nope. side, of it, you put a mural. You, Brittany can do it. Let, you can both do it at the same time. I don't want to meet Brittany. I don't want to talk to Brittany. I'm not interested. She can do it. She can do the mural. 
and I'll just uh, look at it when it's done. But I want her to be gone. Well, that's fine. That's fine. But um, that's 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 the next big project, and you know, I'll tell y'all more about it once I actually get it so, going. So, this is the part where we we really try and put something in the show at the end that people will be interested in to promote something. So I'm assuming you'll be building these dog houses for everybody once you get the thing built and you're going to be selling them? Well, hell, I mean, if that, I didn't really think about it, but, I mean, I definitely can. There's, so You, you wouldn't believe this. the amount of pallets yes. I get. So you're over here. I just want to tell you about this dog house I'm making. <laughs> I just want to tell you about this damn dog house I'm making. Well, you know what? I'm forcing your hand. You're, you have now started a dog house building business. Apparently so. Well, So men good. have a place to go when they get in trouble. It's a good thing that I've got freaking dozens of pallets on the job. I'm going to fit back in the scubaru and try to take home the two or three at a time. What is a scubaru? A scubaru? It's similar, <laughs> it's similar to a subaru. Except it has a snorkel on it. <laughs> so go in the water. Or that would be a snorkel roo. No, that could also be a snorkeling kangaroo. That was this. That was the name that we that we uh, gave to my uh, my Subaru WRX STI after I was taking it through mud and water that some of the trucks, the pickup trucks on the job, weren't able to get through. <laughs> a Scooby indeed. A Scooby Doo Roo. Scooby Doo Ha ha ha. So you know, thanks for uh, coming in, listening to the show. It is fantastic to have you as a listener. I don't want to sound like I'm. Um, patronizing you but uh it is great to have you uh absorbing what we have to say speak uh, for yourself into your psyche all right <laughs> Pat, no, you playing. feel however you want to feel <laughs> um, i know i'm fantastic and i know i'm very pleasant to listen to um my voice is um what how do i say uh it's um uh, mouth watering no nah, man when something sounds good i'm trying to think of the word it, when something euphonious? sounds really good it's euphonious is that is that the is that the word? Yeah, opposite of cacophonous. cacophonous. Okay, yeah, okay. It's not cacophonous. It's euphonious. It's euphonious. You Good. know what I'm saying. It's Gratur- really nice to listen Gratur-dity. to Gratur-dity. Yeah. So, gratur Uh So, thank you. Uh, this is Kel signing off. You got any closing? Chunk deuces, y'all. Chunk deuces. What the fuck does that mean?